When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Newcastle Natter is back for the season by Labrooks. Hello and welcome to the Newcastle Natter. I am not Fergus Craig, you will have noticed. I'm Paul Doolan. I'm joined on the phone today by Dave Watson. Hello, Dave. Hello, Paul. How are you doing? How are you? I'm okay, mate. I'm, I'm back. Are you very not pleased dead. to not be in Mauritius anymore? Uh, like, it's a dump. Let's say yes. It's let's a dump just out there, say Dave. That, yeah. It's... Yeah, all those beautiful sunsets and dolphins and amazing food and good company. That was shit. What I really want is to be back in Manchester where it's raining. Fair enough. And grey and miserable. Where's Fergus? I don't know. We're not sure where he is. He just said he couldn't do it. It's suspicious, if you ask me. He's up to something. Well, I mean, just because, like, I was thinking, like, Lascelles wasn't selected because... He was having an affair with Rafa's daughter. I think that was maybe, according maybe to Fergus. Fergus, wasn't it? Yeah, maybe maybe Fergus was projecting because he's really having an affair with Rafa Benitez's daughter. And that's why he's not here. It's the only logical explanation. <laughs> right, before we get into the pod, Dave, I've got a quiz question. Yeah. When what? I arrived I'm... in the studio here, which is the hottest room in London literally at the moment, there was a footballer's autobiography here. I'm going to read you some of the chapter titles and I will be amazed if you can guess who it is by that. Okay. Okay. Chapter three, how to strip a Kalashnikov. Right. Okay, so I'm thinking, like, how many guesses do I get? Like one per, one one per, per clue. chapter title? Andre Arshavin. No. Okay, chapter nine, oh the Botticelli yeah. murders. Fucking hell. Um, <laughs> uh, fuck. It's not, because uh, I know he's interested in um, murders and stuff. It's not Martin O'Neill, is it? No. Two more chapter titles that I think are quite good clues. Yeah. Herding the Rams... And Agent Orange. Oh, it's Orange. not fucking Robbie Savage, is it? No, it's not. He's not. Okay. He's, he can't strip a Kalashnikov, surely. <laughs> he can't take no, care he of a head of hair. spell a Kalashnikov. Yeah. Okay. Right. I'll give you... I think the biggest clue is on the back of the book. You'll get it from this. Uh, the last great footballer to emerge from the Soviet Union who become the only player in history to score in the derbies of Manchester, Merseyside and Glasgow. Panchelskis? Yes. Oh! You had Andre. Yeah. You must have shit yourself when I said Andre to begin with. Well, thank you for listening to the Newcastle Natter. (laughs) (laughs) See you next week. (laughs) Right. Let's crack on. Man City. Away. Yes. I have to say straight away, I didn't see the game. It's a fairly good excuse. I was at my brother's wedding. I did still oh. I did still watch live text updates during it, even though I was best man, <laughs> which went down very well. 
Were the updates just and man said you were attacking? And man uh, said you were attacking. Well, it was Twitter updates. So it was it was sort of confused things of like what the hell's going on, which isn't that. I think you'd even put that. And when you read that, yeah, well, that gives you nothing to go. That could mean there's been like a rifle gone off in the ground. <laughs> Did that happen? Um, I still don't know. I've only seen the highlights. I don't know if Match of the Day would show a shooting. Well, I tell you what did happen. DeAndre Yedlin rifled in a shot. Nice. And fucking equalised. We don't need um, Fergus. No, we don't. You've got this. We've got puns. We've got puns. Hey. Um, so, yeah, I watched it. I watched it um, through a website because I'm not paying for BT Sport. Um so one of the things I was listening to, the two podcasts that I missed, um, I think you were saying that it's it's frustrating seeing us set up so defensively against the bigger sides because we never seem to get anything from the game. And like, I, I kind of get where you're coming from. It is, it is frustrating. But certainly the Man City game uh, and the Chelsea game and uh, probably going to be the same with the Arsenal and Man U games and the Liverpool games in the future... What Benitez does is he shrinks the game down to about 10 minutes. And, you know, because if he does that, then we've got a better chance of doing getting something from the game. In Across 90 minutes, we've seen Man City destroy teams last season. We've seen them play well this season. And I think if we'd set up with, like, I don't know, with two up front and a flat back four and, you know, 4-4-2 going for it, the space, like the players that they've got, can off, the, the confined space would have torn us apart because we just don't have the quality. Certainly, when we're lacking, you know, John Joe Shelby in the centre of the park, and uh, a point that you made last podcast about um, the ball playing defender, meaning that Dubravka can, you know, doesn't have to go long every time. Yeah. We just we, we were never going to be able to do it. And I think that's fair enough with Man City. I think Chelsea who'd shown against Arsenal, they were quite, their weakest point is defensively sitting back oh, absolutely. that deep against them felt a little unambitious, but we've had, we've had squad weaknesses. We've had injuries. Yeah. I think with the, the, the trouble that a, like a team like ours faces, even against um, opposition who are maybe a little bit weaker at the back, if they've got players who can find space we don't have the quality to for one man to pick up that that space hunting player. There's a, there's actually a term for it. It's a round deuter, which is like a God. wide player who finds space. You know, hipster. Um, we don't. Have, we just don't have the quality. I agree. I'd love us to 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 play on a more like even footing. I think perhaps if you know when we face. Chelsea again when we've got a full strength squad and Rondon's you know settled inside and all the rest of it maybe we'll go for it a bit more yeah but I'd be disappointed if we set up like that against Arsenal because I think they're a different prospect I don't yeah, think we'll be no, ultra defensive against them I suppose the the tricky thing with this season is it's been such a tough start we can't really draw that many conclusions from the first no, four games I'm, the Cardiff game is an annoying one yeah the, the Cardiff game's but it's aberrant because, again, we didn't have a full strength squad, and it's their first. You know, it's their first home game in the league, in the Premier League for I don't know, like was it nine years or something? They've been absent. I can't remember. But you know, it's been a while, so 
in much the same way as our second game of the season last year against Huddersfield, their first ever game in the Premier League at home. It's it's a hard game to for for us to set up as we'd like to set up because you don't know what you're going to get. You know, well, you know you're going to get them running at ninety mile an hour. But you don't know if your your plan is going to work because players who you know players are going to play above themselves for that for that atmosphere and stuff. So um, getting back to the Man City game, I think that the way we set up, um, you could see that it was working because of the changes to the Man City side. Because um, you could see them, like uh, Guardiola was shuffling the pack. He was giving people instructions to, you know, certainly for for Kyle Walker to to attack more, um, because the the right sided uh, like Mares, all Mares was doing was was cutting inside, and when when you cut inside into like a very heavily populated area. It significantly reduces the chance of you not only finding a, a, a teammate or anything, but getting a decent shot off is also going to be difficult. So Guardiola was having to mess around with his formation to try and get through uh, the way that Benitez had set up. And and frankly, I think all you know, but for a wonder strike from Kyle Walker, we could have come away with a creditable one-one draw. I just have to say, Dave, in the time between me asking you that question and now, I have been out for an Indian meal. <laughs> <laughs> I think even for you, that was a long one. Sorry, man. No, I no, I, I like I, it. It I'm means I don't have to maker. do anything. Yeah. Um, so when you saw the highlights and stuff, because um, I haven't seen much of the day, but um, what I saw on Twitter was people saying that uh, we seem to be getting criticised by Sky but some of the other more, how can I put it, more cerebral commentators like uh, Jamie Carragher and um, on BT Sport, uh, Jake Humphrey, yeah. Dennis, and certainly on Match of the Day, Alan Shearer is always going to bang our drum. But did you like? Did you watch it on Match of the Day? Did you get that that same impression that actually? We're getting a bit of credit for setting up the way we do. I don't know if it's so much credit; it's more just like what do you expect them to do. Not under they've done the best they can. It's just, it's such an unfair fight. Yeah. Like, I mean, I think I, I think I saw a, I think I saw a stat where um, our first eleven that took the field against um, Man City cost us about thirty million, and there was one player on their team who'd been bought bought for less than thirty million, and <laughs> he was bought like six years ago. So, so our team cost think, less than we sold Sissoko for. Is that what uh, was he, yeah. 30 million or just over? God. That can't, I'm, That's a I'm trying to think because, well, our, our, the starting 11, certainly because like Key was a free transfer, Rondon's on loan, Kennedy's on loan, Dubravka costs 4 million, Lascelles costs like three and a half. Um, well, he wasn't playing, sorry. Um, no, he was, he started and... He made a bit of a cock up for the first. Yeah, the first yeah, goal. I was going to ask you about that because I've literally, again, just seen the highlights. But it sounded like Lascelles had a very dodgy start. It wasn't just yeah. him giving the ball away. No, I, he definitely looked ring rusty and maybe not comfortable with the the defensive setup. Um, and if if it is true that he was um, he was unhappy with being shuffled out to one side for the uh, for the Chelsea game. I mean, I can't, 
I don't I, I don't agree with with um, with him kicking off in, in training because end of the day, Benitez has won so much. He knows more than you. If he says that you'd be better on that side, then then as a young and a very young player, you should take that on board. But yeah, I think maybe if he'd been playing that for the last three games and he you know featured in every game, uh, maybe if he was playing alongside Lejeune, who you, yeah. he was getting a you know, a decent partnership. But yeah, he, he looked rusty. But then as the game went on, he looked decent. You know, there there was a couple of times that there was certainly one. Uh, I think Sterling broke into the uh, broke into the box and and the cells. Uh, executed one of those excellent tackles that you see on a YouTube clip of a defender. Yeah. You know, it's like it's a tricky one with Lascelles at the gone. moment because he looks awesome until he tries to play football. Yeah, and you just you wish he would like sort Richard. of accept that he's not a, a ball playing centre back and just embrace being a sort of John Terry. But it's got to be hard for him because he clearly desperately wants to get into the England team. And with Southgate, yeah. if you're that sort of defender, you're not going to get a look in. But when he tries, well, when he tries to sort of play football, he just makes it worse for himself and makes him look like a, a worse defender than he is. Yeah, and uh, all I was going to add to that is that if you if if he's playing alongside Lejeune, or I mean Fernandez looks a decent decent yeah. player and uh, so does Cher. So maybe he'll get used to them. But also, most importantly. Once he's playing in, once he's playing behind a midfield who is populated by people who know what they're doing and include John Joe Shelby, then I think his his forays forward will be less because he won't have to because there'll be more creativity and there'll be more control of the the, the ball there. But also, they'll occupy space a little uh, easier for him to find with a forward pass. So they'll make his footballing ability look a lot better than it was than it is. Um, but I agree. I think stick to what you know. It's yeah. like when you saw um, when you see like um, like Hosselu trying to like dribble past somebody. No, mate, that's not your game. Your game. Your, if it's a testimonial, game. fine, have a go. Yeah, but otherwise, yeah, but just, just just keep it. I tell you who do. does look very good, which is a bit of a relief. Martin Dubravka. There seemed to be a sense yeah. from Fergus. And a little bit of a sense elsewhere that like maybe we'd imagined how good he was last season. It's quite reassuring to see that he is still a very, very decent goalkeeper that we got for four million quid. Yeah, I think it's it's I mean it's fantastic signing. Yeah. because um, I think had he been playing at Swansea, for example, and had um produced the, the performances that we saw at Newcastle and we tried to sign him we would have been paying 16 million quid for him. Yeah. Like he, like his performances towards the end of the season for us were that good. But luckily we had that, that release clause. Um, cause he, he is, he is a top half of the premier league goalkeeper. I mean, he's not in David De Gea, Hugo Lloris's, you know, league, but he is, he is a very, very good, uh, very good goalkeeper. Yeah. I, tell I, you think, well. I think he'd get into Sorry. Arsenal's team over Peter Cech at the moment. Yeah, yeah, and we'll come back to that in a bit. Uh-huh. But um, the other, the other player that I wanted to talk about was Rondon. Yeah, because I thought he was really, really good, and it because you see what you see why um, Mitrovic has been let go, and you see why we tried to sign. You know, we bought Hoslu because we were looking for 
kind of a like a target man type of player. But Rondon's intelligence on the ball is, I think, I underestimated it because when he was holding up the ball, and it was a thankless task, he's not just having to. It's not just a quick flick on. He's having to hold it and control it because the midfield and defence are so far away from him and have so many bodies around them, like the Man City players. He can't just nod it down and the player's not he's the player's not there, so he's got to take it, control it, and then lay it off. Yeah. Which uh, certainly against the, the calibre of uh, players that Man City have, I thought he, I thought he performed admirably and his assist led to the goal. So I think he, he had an absolute cracking game and I fancy if he'd been playing for the the like if he'd been playing from the start of the season, I think we would have got something from Spurs, we would have got something from Chelsea and I think we would have won at um Cardiff. We'd be fine then. We we'd we'd be unbeaten. It and, does seem uh, very good at the donkey work. <laughs> the sort of the slightly annoying thing, nothing to do with him. It's great that Yedlin scored. It's a bit of an indictment of our midfield that the only ones running forward to get into the box is our, well, I guess wing back rather right than back. full back. But I, should, yeah. I can't remember the last time we had a midfielder who'd make those sort of runs. I mean, arguably Marino, but did it what, once or twice. Well, I think um, I think Kennedy was doing it last season, but for whatever reason, he, I don't know. I mean, How did Kennedy play? Because I saw, we'll come on to the Forest game probably, Shit. but not for too long because it was so bad. But Kennedy looked... Yeah. Absolute shite yeah. there. But how was he on yeah. the Saturday? Uh, better, but still shite. Oh. Like he, he he wasn't as abject as he was against um, Cardiff because that um, that was just I I couldn't believe he stayed on the pitch as long as he did. But then again, like you look at you look at what's on the pitch. Uh, sorry, what's on the bench? And I mean, Atu Atu came on and. I was I was just about to send a tweet saying Atsu's done fucking nothing, and then he got into the box and uh, you know was was making some decent runs in, in like making some decent progress rather into the box, and then ten seconds later he was tackling somebody on the edge of our box. So I felt like right, I can't I can't slate him now, but to be honest, he didn't do much and he hasn't done much for a while. Yeah. So he's the only and it's only like it's only really him who plays on the left wing. That's that's a, that's an option. Um but no Kennedy I don't know he went off apparently with a headache. I've never heard of that happening before. <laughs> I have no, heard about this, I've, but yeah, I've, that, that sounds rather bizarre. I mean, was he hungover? Maybe. I, like, I've played football hungover and I've looked, well, not as bad as he was against Cardiff, but I've been bad. Maybe he's just a drunk. Um, I don't know. Like, I, I'm hoping that he's a bit of a genuine album and goes missing in a few games, but then pops up with, you know, nine goals across the season or whatever. Yeah. And, you know, it, it just... He's a, he's a Brazilian flair player. He's likely to go missing in a few games and likely not to be that consistent. And I get why um, Benitez didn't step in and insist that somebody else took the, took the penalty. Because if there's one thing that gives you confidence in scoring a goal, and if there's a better chance of scoring a goal than from a penalty, like it's a six-yard tap-in, and that's relying on everything else. So that was a great chance for him to score and and... You know, build his confidence. 
I, I get it, but hindsight, you know, why didn't you just let someone else take it? But yeah, I think we said this the same about um, Hossalu last season when he missed the penalty. It's like you, 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 if he'd scored it, nobody would have. Nobody would be questioning why he was allowed to take it. Nobody would have. It's only because he missed it that everybody's questioning why he was allowed to take it. It's a catch twenty-two. When players' confidence yeah. is really gone, you think give them a penalty, but they're going to miss the penalty because their confidence is low. But to get their confidence yeah. higher, you should give them the penalty. And it's just a, yeah. a loop. But yeah, Kennedy, I really hope he does start to come good again because he didn't just look good last season, he looked consistent. Yeah, and and To be and fair, he's looked... been consistent this season, but just consistently <laughs> shit. But we just come full circle again and say, when we've got our full-strength side and a settled side, that'll be um, Kennedy on the left wing in front of Domit, who is quite happy to do the the boring defensive work. Yeah, You've got a midfield of Shelby when he's back and fit, and maybe Key or maybe Hayden or maybe Diame, whoever is alongside him. And then you've got you know, Richie on the right-hand side, suddenly everybody looks better because everybody's doing, everybody knows their job and everybody's in the positions that get the most out of everybody else. So, it's a tough one. I think, I think we'll be fine. Um, I think we've got Arsenal next and then we've got, after that, I think we've got a decent-ish run of games where we can pick up the wins that have eluded us so far. Yeah. But we're not... I mean, we're 18th at the minute, but we're not exactly cut adrift or anything. We're above West Ham. That's always nice. Oh, my God. They are abject. How are they so bad? It's fucking hilarious. Well, I could see them making a £6 million offer for Rafa Benitez before long, given their history <laughs> of going back to him. Anyway, that's probably everything on the Man City game, isn't it? Should we yeah. move on to Forest? Were you still in Mauritius when the Forest game was on? Uh, no, I, I think I was back. When when was the Forest? I didn't watch it, but I think the Forest game Wednesday was... last week, I think. Uh, I just yeah, had I images. If anyone country. could take a break from a holiday in Mauritius and ruin it by watching a League Cup Newcastle <laughs> away game, it would be you. Um, no, I, I, I can't remember why I didn't watch it, but I didn't. Because I landed on Tuesday. Maybe you'd seen into the future how awful a game it was going to be. Yeah, I mean there were very I mean, I, very few positives. Rondon's goal was the only real positive. Yeah. We deserved to lose that quite comfortably. And it, it's it's difficult because it's not like you look at the, the the lineup that that team should have been good enough to put away Nottingham Forest, who frankly aren't you know they're not tearing up the league or anything. They're not they're not a Wolves. They're just you know it's Nottingham Forest. Yeah. We should, but then we lost to them last season. There so, are new Brighton. We always used to get knocked yeah. out of the cup by Brighton. Now it's Forest. I don't Frankly, know. There's this team I selection. I think it's worth mm. having a, a quick chat about because it seems like Rafa is. It's very hard to blame Rafa for anything. I think you do have to rotate your squad, but I don't know why Darlow's getting in there ahead of Dubravka when you see the difference it makes to the whole team having that keeper behind. When we know Darlow's uh, yeah. not really fit for purpose. I know I know what you're saying, but then a couple of seasons ago, we were 
we were quite happy with Rob Elliott and Carl Darlow being Premier League goalkeepers, and you know they're not top half Premier League goalkeepers. We were really right back then, play- Dave. <laughs> You're right that it makes a huge difference having Dubravka, but if you look at you look at the starting eleven where it was, you know, Darlow, Sterry, Cher, Fernandez, Clark, Atu, Longstaff, um, Key, Kennedy, Muto, and Hosselu, that's a pretty hodgepodge side that he's named. Yeah. It's, it should still be good enough to put but away. That's, that's uh, what I think. Forest. There's so many changes there. Why not just keep the solid base at the back of the keeper. It's not like a keeper's going to be knackered from having two games in a week. No, but it's... it's you, You're juggling egos and... and Carl Darlow can't have that big an ego. What every, every footballer's got a bit of an ego. I mean, you look at... You look at his performance and from what I've read and the brief highlights that I've seen, he was not just... You know, not very good. He was really shit. And I think had we played Dubravka, would would Dubravka have won us the game? Well, not really, because the rest of the team in front of Darla was fucking pony as well. So I don't know though. I think I'm, when when we've talked about Darla, uh, sorry, Dubravka last season, the difference he's made yeah. it's not just been that he's a better shot stopper, even though he is. It's the the calmness that the defence has with him behind yeah. him and his communication. We know we don't get that from Darlow. I do get the point that you have to sort of juggle the squad, but that felt like a really odd one to me. It was mm. not throwing the game, but it just making it so much more difficult for yourself needlessly. When the Cups you... are our only chance of getting anything. But it could also be, and I'm not, I'm not saying it definitely is, but it could also be a power play. And Rafa Benitez saying, I've, I've got too many things coming up to to focus, like too many league games, which is, I, you know, this is a, from the from the first fixture, this was a relegation battle. It was, you know, that that's what we were looking at the 2018-19 season as. This is going to be a bit of a relegation battle again, lads. So, for Benitez can, can realistically say, I can't play my best side in, in a cup. I can't risk, because if Dubravka gets an injury in a shitty League Cup game away at Nottingham Forest and he's out for three weeks or something, then I've got to face an incredibly tough fixture list with, as we've said, an average poor keeper at the back who makes everybody else a bit nervous, which is why we didn't play Domit, which is why we didn't play Yedlin, which is why we played Longstaff and Sterry, Playing, starting with Atsu and you know a midfield of Longstaff and Key, like he's it could be that he's saying I I can't risk any of my important like integral players because not one of the I'm just looking at it now not one of them would you say is is an integral way an integral player to the the way he plays not one of them. No, the problem with that as a power play is that going out of the League Cup as early as possible is also what the club hierarchy and Mike Ashley seem to want. So it's a bit like True. saying, you're hungry, here's a power play, I'm going to make you some food. <laughs> See how you like that. <laughs> doesn't really no, you're right. A better power play would be to just play a full-strength team in the League Cup and a weakened one in the league. 
and then say, well, this is how I'm going to have to do it. I don't think he'd do that because he's too pragmatic to sacrifice the league. But I don't, the keeper decision is the only one that annoyed me because it's not a sacrifice. The chances of him getting injured are so mm. slim. Oh, yeah. I mean, well, the ch- chances of uh, a, a keeper getting injured in any game is fairly low because of how little they're involved in. Um, no, I think one thing the Forest so game gonna... one thing the Forest on. game did show is just how much footballing knowledge the Newcastle Natter has because me and Fergus both predicted the result to be a draw at full time and then a result after extra time neither of us realising that they'd got rid of extra time from the competition <laughs> so that's the <laughs> level of insight you get We managed to be both right and wrong at the same time. Oh, we may as well have predicted like a Newcastle golden goal win. <laughs> oh, how are you paid so much for this? I don't understand. <laughs> this is this is the other thing. The wedding I was at at the weekend because I've got a lot of yeah. Scottish family. One of my cousins is there. Does a Rangers podcast. I was talking to his mum about it. She's like, "Yeah, he doesn't make much money out of it." I was like, "Hang on, he's making money out of doing a football <laughs> podcast." How's he done that? I need to switch to Rangers. I mean, I can. Well, it's a weird thing with Rangers. Oh, they've got a huge, a huge um, like market, and it's voracious. I mean, sort of guy at work who who, who, he listens to a man you, a kid who does a man you like vlog and podcast and all the rest of it, and this this kid's on like forty grand a year, and I just like. For doing this, for doing this shit, chump change. I don't get it. That's nothing. <laughs> I don't get a bread. For, I, I wouldn't I, do a podcast for forty grand a year. I'd throw it, <laughs> I'd throw it back in their face. It's insulting. <laughs> That's why I do it for nothing. Yeah, it's two point two million or nothing. They're my terms. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I'm still doing it for nothing. Yeah, I like that about you. I mean, yeah. I, I obviously, I pocket. Uh, the 800 grand is an episode I get yeah good me, me and Fergus wouldn't want it <laughs> you yeah <laughs> you're too polite to even offer it to us well I, I've got fucking BMWs to pay for and <laughs> that's stuff. true I mean, it's, it's, it's alright for you lot swanning about in your golden helicopters and shit hey look we've only got one golden helicopter between the two of us I've got a golden glider but it's not the same <laughs> if that makes me out of touch with the common man, then fine. The common man. What you've done there is you. I mean, a glider. That's a gold is a terrible choice for a glider. It doesn't stay in the air long, Dave. It doesn't exactly glide. <laughs> that's, a, that's a fucking heavy metal that you're using there, <laughs> and also quite soft. So, oh, that's yeah. Again, that's my decadence has <laughs> let me down. Right? Do we need oh, to take a break? Let's do it. We will speak to you after these advertisements. The Newcastle Natter is back for the season by Labrooks. Welcome back to the Newcastle Natter. Dave, are you still there? Did you enjoy the adverts? What's going on? I did enjoy it. I um, I've just been googling golden gliders, and uh, <laughs> it sounds like a it sounds like a sex term. It sounds like a really niche area of the internet. He's into golden gliding. 
Well, I've, I've been on whatglider.com and it says that of all the metals, gold is the worst. <laughs> you, you're preaching you to the choir on this one, Dave. <laughs> you can't shift it. Um, do you have anything to talk about from Twitter and shit? I do. I was about to search that. Before we do, I should say there's been some actually quite sad news in the last week. Uh, Mike Ashley hasn't been invited to Newcastle's training ground. Have you heard about this, Dave? The The poor poor wee lamb. I mean, he wants wants to turn up, but he's not had an invite from the manager. It really puts things in perspective. I I think there's something wrong. (laughs) (laughs) I think there's something wrong with the, 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 the postal service round around wherever it is that he lives, like Hampshire or wherever, because he he apparently never got the letter that um, Chion Wura, excuse me if I've pronounced that incorrectly, she sent him a letter and he apparently never got that. And um, and now he, he's, he's not getting the invites from Rafa Benitez, despite the fact that I don't know if you spotted it earlier on, um, I tweeted out a uh, an, like an article from the Daily, Me- Daily Mirror um, way back in, 2014, and it was saying that our oh, party has to win uh, against Leicester, or his his jobs on the line didn't didn't make any fucking difference. But in that article, spoiler alert for anyone who's not caught up with that part of the Newcastle <laughs> history yet: Pardew's gone. <laughs> Pard- Thank fuck. It's nice to have something done. positive to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> but it says it says in the article. Um, the two-week international break-in respite, as did the 2-2 two, two draw, blah, 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 blah. Ashley rarely visits the training ground, although it is not unheard of for his helicopter to touch down in the grounds of Darsley Park for an impromptu review of the club. He turned up in March, unannounced, just after Newcastle had been trans 3-0 by Everton at St. James's Park. Uh, right. Do you so know why he turns up at the training ground in sometimes, Dave? Sorry to talk over you. The reason why he occasionally has turned up in the past... It's because he owns the fucking club. <laughs> he can turn up whenever he wants. It's, it's like me having a go at my wife for not inviting me into the kitchen. It's insane. <laughs> but it just, I, I cannot understand. Like, to make that claim, oh, I've never been invited. Well, that's, you know, like, if that's your assertion, I mean, we can look into that and maybe you haven't been invited. Maybe because you've never been invited, you've never been to the training ground because you thought that you had to be invited. Yeah. You're not a vampire. You can just go. I you think he might be a vampire. The threshold. Yeah, he's yeah. It makes as but much sense as anything else. He has to be invited oh, over the threshold or he can't come into the club. He's just a f- like. Everything that he's, because obviously his um, his PR guru, you know Keith Bishop of uh, you know Bishop of Soho, he's yeah. obviously been working the media hard. So you've got uh, people like Andy, um, yeah, Richard Keys and Andy Gray, and you've got um, Rio Ferdinand, and you've got um, like Talksport, and, and a few of the others who might be just being contrary to get attention. But they're peddling a line that seems to be so in in step with the the lines that are coming out of uh, Mike Ashley and his representatives that it, it it begs the question: Have has Keith Bishop asked old friends Dennis Wise, Sam Allardyce, 
people who they've worked with before, like Rio Ferdinand, people like fucking Andy, you know Andy Gray and um, Richard Keys would, you know, they took off a donkey for a fiver. So the Rio Ferdinand of one's a new one as well because he's just released a line of clothing with Sports Direct and then suddenly appears on BT Sport after the Newcastle game defending Mike Ashley, which could be a coincidence. And Rio Ferdinand's yeah. certainly thick enough to pedal that line, but it seems I, very I, coincidental. And I would, I, would, I would posit that Rio Ferdinand does not have, you know, executive control over the decisions of that business. Or, or of his mouth. <laughs> I don't think he has executive control over the decisions of Rio Ferdinand. <laughs> if his drug testing history is anything to go by. Oh, I don't know. Um, but it could, it, I mean, it could be. But all I'm saying is that this, all this, like, um, I don't know, this PR push seems really obvious to, to me. And I know fuck all about PR. So if it's obvious to me, and it's obvious to a lot of people, like because a lot of people who've spotted it early have made mention of it on Twitter and stuff like that. And it seems to be making it harder for them to get across that you know Mike Ashley's not all that bad. He's not only looking bad; he's looking like his PR team are bumbling the PR. So it's, I think that's I, I, just that might just be in our bubble, though. I think. The pe- those messages aren't for Newcastle fans, that sort of PR offensive. It's for the neutrals and the people who don't really follow it that closely and people listen to talk sport to think, well, maybe Newcastle fans are just being too demanding or unrealistic again. But it's interesting because um, certainly on BT Sport, in the very, the very interview that you were talking about with uh, Rio Ferdinand, you had Jermaine Jennings, who in the past hasn't, been, hasn't spoken of us in glowing terms, he was defending us and saying that Newcastle fans want a team that, that tries hard and they understand that Benitez has to play a certain way given his blah, 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 blah. Jake Humphreys is, is defending us. Jamie Carragher's defending us. You've got, you know, um, like Luke Edwards going on talk sports and I can't remember who it was because I never listened to talk sports because they were a bunch of pricks. Um, he was, he basically laid it bare and he was, less emotive uh, vocabulary than I would use to just, these are the facts. He says that he's, you know, Mike Ashley's putting it out that he's cleared our debt. Well, how are we, how is the debt doubled? We've run it as a profit. Well, how has the debt doubled? Dave, 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 Dave. Sorry. He's never been invited to the training ground. (laughs) So you have to remember. (laughs) Can you blame him for anything? Uh, under those conditions, oh, the poor guy. I, I, and his I, helicopter's I, I not even it. gold. He can't be that rich. <laughs> He's not getting those Doesn't sweet even own podcast bucks. What a fucking dilemma. Um, <laughs> one, one thing that I sorry, that? carry on. I was just going to say one thing that I keep circling back to is that all of this, all of this PR, all of this noise, all of this like. You've got, you've got people on Twitter trying to get the attention of Britain's richest man. I forget the guy's name. Oh, but yeah. um, uh, just trying to get his attention. <laughs> Stormzy. It makes no fucking difference. He'll go when somebody pays $400 million for the club and allows him to keep his fucking sports direct tap yeah. up. Until then, we're stuck with him. 
there's nothing that we can do about it. I, I, I agree with the protests because I think it's important that we voice our displeasure. But I think genuinely the only thing that's going to make him lower his asking price is if nobody goes to the fucking game. And we all know that's never going to happen. So, yeah. Hurt Sports Direct or get the league to step in, I think seems to be. Yeah, that's not going to happen either. Probably not. Right, Twitter questions. See if we can get a bit more upbeat after this. Uh, Reading the first (laughs) one blind, no. Thomas Birkin asks, a question I read after the cup exit and liked, what is the point of Newcastle United Football Club? There's a cheery starter. Um, right now... I think it's to, a sort of exercise in group therapy at the moment where 52,000 people can come together and just cry. Yep, and then tune into any of the very good Newcastle podcasts and cry. Yeah, and I think no, genuinely, the the point of Newcastle United is what it's always been: to get together with your mates, have a shared experience. That's that's what Newcastle United is about. It's what every football club's about. All the trophies, all the plaudits, and everything else, the the entertainment, all of that cherries on the cake. The real thing is going to a football match with your mates and just catching up and sharing something with them. I think controversially the point of us <laughs> is we are one of the most long-term pieces of performance art and nobody's caught onto it yet there's actually it's sort of damien hurst is actually in charge mike ashley isn't a real figure he's just an actor that's what i think could is going be, on could it be like you remember when you know in the early days david blaine did magic tricks and then he stopped doing magic tricks and he just did like tests of endurance yeah I think I think that's what he's doing now and because I think David Blaine's next test of endurance should be supporting Newcastle United (laughs) in a box above the Thames (laughs) people can throw Chelsea shirts at him and memorabilia for more successfully run clubs oh god yeah because if it was Damien Hurst there'd be an artistic merit in it yeah it's David Blaine so it's devoid of anything useful yeah actually not above Um, the Thames on the Angel of the North he has to stand on there and support us and see how long he can endure it yeah (laughs) absolutely (laughs) what's the next right Uh, we've sort of mentioned this but I'll say Bedford Mag says well you could mention Rio Ferdinand keeping his business venture with Sports Direct quiet and then going on to defend Ashley or just say we were beaten closely by the Premier League champions. Hopefully get some more points on the board soon. I think the second half of that is a good point and sort of backs up what we've been saying, that we can't really judge too much about our season off the basis of those four yeah. games. I think if you judge any team on playing those four fixtures, you'd have a relegation zone of about 15 teams. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the, the Premier League as it stands, I can't remember from the top of my head, but there's like, yes, you've got like Liverpool, Chelsea, and bizarrely Watford yeah. way ahead. But other than that, everybody's within about five or six points. You know, there's not. It's it's way too early to give to, to worry too much. I mean, Cardiff are currently sitting pretty on two points, but I I'm pretty confident they'll finish rock bottom. Yeah, Crystal Palace are looking quite a bit weaker than 
last season. Yeah. The worrying thing is, I've bench. I've realised I'm starting to sound like Steve McLaren when he was our manager. And so judges after ten games, and then if it's still <laughs> not going well, we're like, well, judges after fifteen, you do reach point. But I don't. The the difference between now and then is we have a much better manager than Steve McLaren. And and I I, I do I do think we've had an incredibly difficult start to the season. Yeah. And I'd be surprised if if many teams came away with... Well, I think they'd get three points from these four fixtures, but mainly because they'll all come from some, uh, from Cardiff. The Cardiff game's the, the really annoying one because we should have nicked it at the end, even if we didn't deserve to. But if we'd played yeah. as well in that game as we had in any of the other three, we'd have comfortably won it. Yeah. I think our yeah, yeah. our sort of mentality wasn't quite right at the beginning and you get the sense that maybe a few players thought, well, we're a Premier League team now, we don't have to put in the same effort, even though that's what got us to tenth last season. Yeah. And I think I think one thing that we can we can take from these games is we've never looked blown away. We've never yeah. like all all the teams who who are you know, impossibly stronger than we are. We've never looked blown away. And we've scored against Tottenham, Chelsea and Man City. And few, like, few times will will teams who are relegated say that. So I don't think we're going to get relegated. Yeah, I agree. Uh, last Twitter question. Andy Sheldon asks, why has Kennedy now forgotten how to play football? He's more Peter Reid than Peter Beardsley just recently. I mean, Peter Reid in his day wasn't a bad footballer. I mean, a different type of player to Kennedy. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it was. That's fine. Like, yeah, he, he's 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 one of them. He's inconsistent. It's like he's not as good, but he's like Ben Arthur. Yeah. Here's a question, though. Just, if yeah. you could sign any Peter in their pump right now, who would it be? Ah, I'm going to go suck. <laughs> Stringfellow? Stringfellow, yep. Yeah. Got rest in peace. Yeah. Too soon. Talk to one about um, does the spectacular Mourinho meltdown mean we'll be losing Rafa soon? Or will Man United go for the ever reliable Pardew so we can all have a damn good laugh? Oh. Again. oh, I didn't nah. see that one. I uh, man, you oh, wouldn't have Benitez, one, but I think oh. West Ham will be sniffing around very heavily soon because Pellegrini will be gone in about a month, surely. This is this is the problem we have. Some teams, West Ham has started too badly to feel like they'll be in the relegation zone. They're like Crystal Palace last season where you know they'll just yeah. sack the manager, get someone decent enough who can actually get them closer to their true position based on who they've got. So they'll be fine. Whereas really, I do wish Pellegrini was sort of the chairman's son so that they held on to him <laughs> way past Christmas. <laughs> then you'd think West Ham would have a genuine chance of going down, but I can't see I mean, it. The, the only argument against that, and I, I agree with you, I'm just playing devil's advocate, is that the the dildo twins have given Moyes a fair bit of money. They gave Slavin Bilic a fair bit of money, and they've given Pellegrini a shit ton yeah. of money. Maybe because well, they know that if they bring in a new man 
they'll have to spend again in January because every manager wants to bring in a couple of players at least. So there's another like 20, 30 million or something. Maybe they'll think we can't, we can't afford to, to do that. So we've got to give Pellegrini at least until, at least until December and by that time, there might be... Yeah, possibly. The problem is they don't seem to I... make decisions like that where they think this is going to cost us a lot of money. They seem to just no. chuck money. I could see why Benitez would look from the outside and think I would at least get to spend some money and not have to turn a profit. Yeah, but I, I don't... Like, I, genuinely, I think he saw us as... You know, I'm loath to use the term, but as a project... And we yeah. are we could easily be a top six club with the right manager and the right owner and the right back and all the rest of it. We've got everything else in place. We just need that like the support from the owner to do that. I think if you um, looked at West Ham now, you could certainly say that's a similar project. But they're always going to be the fourth biggest club in the in London. And they'll never it can, That can all change quite quickly. Like Chelsea were the third or fourth biggest club in London up until not that long ago. Well, up, up until... Up until Abramovich. Abramovich changed, changed the football landscape entirely. Um, and, and now has said, I'm not doing that anymore. But even like West Ham aren't going to surpass um, Arsenal or Spurs or Chelsea because the the foot race that those those guys have got a head start on. It's too much for a London club to to catch them up. There's too much competition there. I don't think that... I don't, I don't know what the, the attendances are at West Ham, but I think once the novelty wears off of the, the London stadium, I wouldn't be surprised if they, they dwindled again. Certainly if they, if they don't... I mean, can you see them getting top half this season? I don't think so, but my my point about them is because they're a London club and there's so much demand and they've got a stadium they don't... Well, we basically fund as taxpayers. They've Mm -hmm. got the infrastructure there that if a manager, if it took off under somebody, they could grow quite quickly into top six. It's sort of like Everton. You feel like they could quite easily grow into a top six team a couple of good seasons. I think if think if you're at Newcastle like Benitez is, you're realising this season that project's not going to happen with the chairman there. No. But, uh, and then, then you look at what's I... his next best option. He's not going to leave Britain, or it's unlikely to. No, but then I wouldn't, I would, I wouldn't expect him to stay in. I wouldn't be surprised if he went international. Maybe. And, you know, managed you know, South Korea for... He's better for a while. Though. I don't think he's. Oh, I think yeah, he's yeah, too yeah, ambitious yeah. at this stage of his career. But who knows? That's we'll have all the yeah. fun of that towards the end of the season. I think yeah. that's pretty much everything. It's the international break coming up, isn't it? And then we've got Arsenal, Arsenal. at home. Is that right? Yeah. So um, I asked uh, Jay Mack. You know my mate James. I do indeed. Yeah, I asked him about Arsenal because I haven't watched a lot of their games and he said and I quote defensively we're all over the shop Czech is appalling at playing it out from the back which we mentioned earlier but continues to try Um, Xhaka continues to start every game despite giving the ball away in important situations 
looked quite dangerous going forward, but very susceptible to conceding. We let Cardiff score twice, and it could have been more. And he says, yesterday we had 15 attempts on goal with a 72% possession. Cardiff had 14 attempts on goal with 28% possession. Uh, but he does say, the finally start both Lacazette and Aubameyang yesterday and looked better for it. So they do sound suspect at the back. Yeah. And the difference between like Arsenal and Chelsea and Man City is I don't think Arsenal have the what they used to have, which was like a raft of players who occupy a bit of space and you know just pull pull um, pull defence out of position. Yeah, I think Özil can spot a pass and he's brilliant at doing that. But I just don't think I think there are more um, like straightforward attack. You know, they've got un, like great quality up front, but I think they're more rudimentary in, in their approach now. Yeah, it I feels think, like they're a team you can still go after and press yeah, not as in yeah. set up attackingly but the way no. we did quite well especially when we had Dwight Gale just closing everything down letting them make mistakes keep the pressure on that way yeah I would I, I would think, be I quite annoyed if we did set up sort of five at the back and just let them come on to us because that's just playing to their strengths but again it, it depends who's fit because if Shelby's fit I don't think we'll start with five at the back because I think he'll be he'll provide enough control of the midfield that we don't need the added bodies yeah. behind. If he's not fit, I wouldn't be surprised for us to start with three at the back again. Um, with hopefully with Richie if he's back, um, but Rondon up front and even that that fairly defensive looking um, lineup. I think against an Arsenal side who are struggling for form, I think we can pick them off. Yeah, I think Arsenal at home feels like a game we can definitely get something out of. I'm going to say 2-1 to the Geordie boys. Uh, I'm going to agree with you. Oh, shit. It's getting real. Yeah. And then after that, we don't have to preview it now. We've got Palace away, which me and Fergus have got tickets to. So that will be fun. We might get to see, I don't know, maybe a first win of the season if our Arsenal predictions don't come to fruition. Don't pan out. I think yeah. that's pretty much everything. Anything we've missed? No. Um, I've had a lovely time. Yeah, it's been nice. <laughs> we don't need that prick, do we? <laughs> <sighs> Sooner he goes off to fucking Canada or wherever, yeah. the better. Good God. Yeah, he's going to be a Mountie. <laughs> I hope he comes back with, like, missing teeth. I don't know why. I just, I, with you Canadians, just... I just expect them to have missing teeth. All oh, right, you're not predicting a sort of crystal meth addiction. I mean, it, could, it, it could, could happen. happen. It could happen. He's got it in him. Yeah. To get addicted to something like that. Yeah. We've all expected it for a while now. It wouldn't be a huge surprise. No, not at all. Right. Well, on that cliffhanger, <laughs> I guess you'd have to call it, <laughs> we should probably say goodbye. Thank you very much, Dave Watson. Cheers, Paul. Thank you very much for me. And thank you to you, the Natter listeners. Goodbye. Bye bye. This is a Playback Media production. To listen to all our football podcasts, visit playbackmedia.co.uk.
The Newcastle Natter is back for the season by Labrooks. Sports Social Podcast Network.